welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. This season, we are reading through Beautiful Creatures by Cami Garcia and Margaret Stoll. What happened last time? The disciplinary hearing. <laughs> so monotone. <laughs> well, Make, Megan swooped in. Mm-hmm. Save the day. Well, it was glorious. The problem I have is <laughs> I just finished writing the notes for this chapter, and it feels like that was ages ago. It was. Also, the timeline for the rest of the book... Makes no f***ing sense. Well, it's like, okay, we go for so much of the book, which honestly, like, half of the book, there's just like, just a couple of months or just casually rolling by, then suddenly it goes from December to February coming up, and we're like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) We're here. Yeah, the disciplinary hearing happened, and now it is December 19th. This chapter is titled, White Christmas, as in, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Everyone but Ethan was shocked to see Lena at school the day after the disciplinary hearing. To them, school meant prison. To Lena, it meant freedom, and she wouldn't give it up. Everyone ignored Lena, still blaming her. Ethan turned in his basketball jersey because it didn't feel, or he didn't feel like he was on their team anymore. His coach was upset, but Ethan knew it was the right thing to do. No one said a word to either of them. Mrs. Lincoln might have scared everyone, but Macon Ravenwood had showed them something to really fear. The truth. Yeah, so Lena and Ethan are basically outcasts now. Fine. As the number on Lena's hand ticked down, Ethan worried about losing the girl he loved. They had the Book of Moons, but what if it wasn't enough? They searched through it at school while everyone else was at the science fair. All they could seem to find was the light and dark explanations. Ethan grew frustrated, feeling like they were getting nowhere. Then they landed on information about Catalyst. The greatest of the darkness being the power closest to the world and the underworld, the Great Catalyst. The greatest of the light being the power closest to the world and the underworld, the natural. Where there is not one, there cannot be another. As without darkness, there can be no light. At the time of the claiming, the truth will be made manifest. What appears darkness may be the greatest light. What appears light may be the greatest darkness. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah, it was... It was so fun to transcribe this because they tried to put it in... Old English? Not even Old English, just kind of Old English. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's like halfway. But they were like, let's make it obvious enough to where they can understand what it is. Well, the dark matter made the dark fire, and the dark fire made the powers of all Lilum in the demon world and casters of darkness and light. Without all power, there can be no power. (laughs) The dark fire made the great darkness and the great light. All power is dark power, as dark as even the light. My brain is like, ooh. <laughs> I get it. You got to have dark to have light. You got to have light, light to, to have, have dark. dark. I get it. But do we need these many words <laughs> yeah, to tell to you? to say that? Yeah. In the movie? No. No. <laughs> we'll talk about the movie some other time. Yeah. Ethan and Lena were just as confused as I imagine all of us might be at this very moment. They didn't know what little meant. We didn't know what little meant either. But we were like, Lilum, Lilum, just all kind of pretending like we knew, even though we didn't know, because it's what we like to do. Yeah. But we were like, okay, Lilith is what we thought of. Yeah. Which I looked it up in ref- it's just in reference of this book, really, that I saw. Um, and it basically was Lilith. So. And it, it, they explain it later in the book. The bell rang, stopping their spellbook study session. Ethan prompted Lena to come with him. 
but she said she needed some time alone. Throughout the day, Ethan tried to talk to her mentally, but to no avail. After a few hours of her ignoring him, he waited outside her trigonometry class. When she came out, he immediately cupped her face between his hands and kissed her. She told him he shouldn't have done that. The claiming day is approaching fast. She said they no longer belonged together. Their worlds were too different, and she didn't belong there. Once she was claimed, he would be all alone. Ethan begged her not to give up, but she already had. Something about the way she spoke told him she was giving up on more than just Jackson High. Are you breaking up with me? He asked her, already knowing the answer. Lena insisted she still cared about him. She didn't want to end things like this, but she had to. As she walked away, Ethan used their mental line to say, Merry Christmas, and as quoted from the book. But there was nothing to hear. She was gone, and that wasn't something I would and that wasn't something I would have been ready for. Not in 53 days, not in 53 years, not in 53 centuries. Aww. Yeah. But for him, it's like a sudden thing. The sudden change in her where she's like, sorry, we can't be together anymore. Mm-hmm. Like over the course of two hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the movie, I feel like I got some explanation on that that I'm not sure if it's the same in the book, but it kind of gives a little bit. Because in the movie, we see like her perspective whenever she was reading the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We hear more about that. In the book, we just hear from Ethan. Ethan's like, wait, what? Are you breaking up with me? But also the, the reasoning and what happens is different. Yes. So they kind of, they, in the movie, they oversimplify it. So it kind of would make more sense. Yeah, just just a disclaimer. We 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 re watched the movie and the the movie is whack compared to the book. We'll so talk about it at some point. I don't know. Whenever we have time, we'll put it in an episode. Yeah. An hour later, Ethan grieved over the breakup. Who's suddenly today? He didn't know he was getting broken up with today. Poor guy. Hey, I've been there. It it come like I've been broken up with. And it's just come out of flipping nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like everything's golden and then like a week of it not being okay. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, by the way, we're breaking up. What? I had a friend in college. I'm not going to say who it was, but I was dating this guy for like eight or nine months. They were going out for their anniversary dinner because evidently you got to celebrate every month that you're dating. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and she I don't. was like, tonight's going to be the night. And she was so excited about it. And I swear I was, like, there whenever she came back. I don't remember. I don't know why I would have been there at her house by myself, but maybe. And she comes back, and she is just, like, in tears. And she's like, he broke up with me. And I'm like, tonight? Like, at your anniversary dinner? Just whenever you're like, yeah, things are going so good. Tonight's going to be the night. Yeah. She was really dumb, too. So she might have not seen all the signs. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, that does suck. Link rushed up to Ethan asking where Lena was. Evidently, she'd written Link in his band a song. Now, Link needed Ethan to lie for him. He and Ridley planned on going to New York over winter break, so he needed Ethan to tell him, to tell his mom that he was at church camp instead. <laughs> church camp over Christmas? <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. It's in Savannah, and it's a Baptist rock band it, church it camp. It also does not exist. Oh, it was the... The story that Link yeah. managed to come up with, and Ethan was shocked that his mom thought that was okay. <laughs> hey, you just read the next oh, two lines. I'm sorry. Me, thank you. Link told him that his mom's been acting really weird lately. Well, whatever. Ethan warned his friend about Ridley and how dangerous she was. He couldn't go to New York with her. 
But Link really liked Ridley. There was no pulling him back at this point. Ethan is still just letting it happen, though. Like, this whole time, (laughs) he's like, dang it, Link, I told you. And he knows this girl almost killed him. And he's just like, dude, not a good idea. Well, too, I think Ethan doesn't know how to get it across to Link how dangerous she is. Yeah. So Ethan thought about telling his friend everything like they did in the good old days. But he wasn't sure that Link could believe the truth. So he was considering being like, hey, she's like a a caster, a siren. Hello. You don't need to be around that. Instead, he told Link that he'd get hurt if he got mixed up with Ridley. This just made Link angry, thinking Ethan believed Ridley was out of his league. He literally thought that Ethan was jealous. And I was like, yeah. Link, no. I mean, I guess whenever like they met her, she was all over Ethan, so I could see that. Ethan told him that this wasn't the case and apologized. Link quickly forgave him, saying, It's cool. It's gotta be hard to have a best friend who's as good-looking and talented as me. Link uh, has the confidence that everybody wants to have. (laughs) But, like, he's not cool still. (laughs) He tries so hard, but he does not succeed. Gotta love him. He kind of reminds me of... uh, What's his name? Carter from a Cinderella story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> Who just tries so hard, but like he never gets there. Yeah. A couple of days later, Ethan helped Ama decorate the house for Christmas. He realized he hadn't seen some of his some of this stuff since his mom was alive. He tried to reach out to Lena by talking about his mom, but she never responded. He needed to go somewhere. He decided to go to the library where he could be mostly alone. He went to talk to Marion, the librarian. They talked about what happened at the hearing and how Dickens should have come to Gatlin. Marion continues her elusive ways, picking Ethan's brain by quoting books and reminding him that she's merely a librarian, able to give him the tools, but unable to teach him how to use them. Later, they discuss his mother and how much they both miss her. Ethan says, I still can't think about her being there. It doesn't make sense. Why would you stick someone you love down in a lonely old hole in the dirt? where it's cold and dirty and full of bugs. That can't be how it ends. After everything, after everything she was, he thought about how his mother went through through it all alone, just like he was going through everything alone now. That part got me. Yeah. I was like, damn. Like, this book, there are some moments where I was like, it's really deep. How did I read this when I was like 14? <laughs> how in the world? You skimmed. I think I read it, but, you know, life experiences... Don't digest as much. Yeah. Ethan asked to see the archives again because he missed his mom. He found his mom's cookbook and flipped to one of her favorite recipes, fried green tomatoes. The page it opened to was bookmarked by fresh rosemary. He asked Marion if she was trying to fry tomatoes and she said no. He wanted to ask her about the rosemary bookmark being there, but he couldn't bring himself to do so. Yeah, so the page was, like, automatically marked to this. Yeah. And he accused Marion of doing it. And she was like, no, I didn't do that. So. Well, he she didn't, he didn't tell her about the rosemary. He was just like, have you been frying? Mm-hmm. Have you been wanting to fry tomatoes or something? She's like, does it look like I eat tomatoes? So there's another thing where I'm like, Ethan, so many signs. Yeah. So many signs. Well, also, isn't this the, the part where he goes to the library and both him and Marion are opening books, but every time they open to a book, it goes to a specific page that's yeah. relevant to what's yeah. happening to them, so... When he came back to his house, he spotted Lena sitting on the porch. When she smiled, everything that was broken fell back into place for Ethan. With her came snow. 
She said she wanted to make him feel better and apologized for losing it earlier. She didn't want him to get hurt, and she thought the only way to prevent that was pulling the plug on their relationship. The two make up and kiss. Since it was a rare opportunity to play in the snow, they attempted to make snow angels, and and then when they finished, Ethan made hot chocolate, or tried to. So they were broken up for how many hours? Like six? <laughs> I think this was a day. I thought it was the same day. <laughs> no, it says a couple of days later, Ethan oh. helped. Okay. okay. Yeah. But still. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, he's like, I I'm just a little pissed. Like, you said we could meet together. Why are you on my doorstep? Yes, but you and Ethan are two entirely different yes, people. Yes, yes, you we are. are. Like, you know, suddenly you want me back. Suddenly we can belong together and work through this. Huh? Honestly, no matter what Lena would have said, as long as she's like, can we be together again? Ethan would just be like, yes, 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 yes. yes we can. She told him she had to leave. He pulled her into his lap where they cuddled sweetly. Then they heard someone walking down the hallway. And Lena quickly got up. Ethan told Lena not to worry that it was just his dad going to take a shower, which happened to be the only reason he ever leaves his study anymore. She asked him if he was getting worse, but it wasn't really a question. He explained that he wasn't like this before his mom passed away. Ethan thought about all the things that changed since his mom died and how nothing was the same without her. Lena asked if he went to the library to look for his mom. Instead of answering, Ethan told her he wanted to show her something. The Red Room. The Red Room. (laughs) The sexy study. It's not a sexy moment, though, I gotta say. It's not. They walked up to his dad's study and Lena pointed out that the study was locked. He held his hand out, and it magically unlocked. They walked inside the room. Lena picked up a piece of paper, while Ethan explained that all his dad cared about was his book. She handed him the paper, but there was no words written on it, no letters, just squiggles. Ethan looked at more papers, only to find there were nothing but more squiggles. Ethan realized that his father had actually gone crazy. Ethan felt completely devastated. Ethan starts knocking things over out of frustration. Then Lena directs his attention to the painting on the wall. It was Ethan as a Confederate soldier. Ethan Carter. Wait. I feel like there's a lot happening in this moment right now. Mm-hmm. Whenever, like, the part where she was like, there's nothing written on this paper, I, I had to stop. Because yeah. I was like, what? His dad is insane. Like, poor guy. Yeah. Poor everyone. Ethan's like he's been locking himself away not actually doing what he said he was doing like Mm -hmm. Ethan hasn't had a father for over a year Mm -hmm. they heard Ethan's dad coming down the stairs and then him yelling his name Lena yelled door and it slammed shut and bolted itself Ethan's dad was banging on the door trying to get in asking if Ethan was okay one of the books started flipping pages back and forth Ethan asked Lena if she was doing this but she wasn't Ethan was trying to make sense of all the books, trying to show them, showing them something, something about Lena, something about his mom. The pages themselves had nothing on them that would be useful. They thought it might be a code for something. He told her his mom would play games with him at church, one being an alphabet code. Numbers 1 through 26 stood for numbers of the alphabet. Letters of the Letters. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Numbers 1 through 26 stood for the letters of the alphabet. After writing down the numbers and figuring out the letters, the message read, claim yourself. How long is his dad outside while they're doing this? Probably a good few minutes. He's just knock, 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 and they're like, (laughs) (laughs) The door opened and his dad was standing there in his bathrobe. 
Ethan confronted him about not writing a novel, writing a novel, <laughs> avoiding him. Ethan's dad told him he felt close to her in a room with her books like she wasn't really gone. It wasn't about me. It had never been about me. It was about my mom. A few hours ago, I felt the same way in the library, sitting among her things, trying to feel her there with me. But now I knew she wasn't gone and everything was different. My dad didn't know. She wasn't unlocking doors for him and leaving him messages. He didn't even have that. That part broke me. I told y'all about that part because tears came to my eyes because I'm just like, Ethan has, you know, that hope and that memory. Mm -hmm. And like, he still feels like his mom's presence is there. His dad doesn't have that. Mm -mm. And, you know, it almost reminds me of like kids who lose a parent like, the older sibling kind of remembers the parent, mm-hmm. but then the younger one doesn't, or even, like, another family member or someone important to them. Mm-hmm. And, like, they are able to hold on to something from them, and the other one's not. Yeah. It makes- and then Christmas happened. Yeah. And that's the end of the chapter. What happened on Christmas? Nothing. Uh, Baby Jesus was born. <laughs> Ethan got a little paperclip star from his that his mom had made as a kid, and he gave it to Lena to put on her necklace. That's it. I don't remember that. I guess I skimmed it. <laughs> yeah. It took me a while to figure out why are they writing this? This is so irrelevant. Well, then Christmas happened, and now we're on to January 12th. <laughs> Weeks later. <laughs> and this chapter is titled Promise. When they had come back from winter break, the school had been graffitied in the same language as the Book of Moons. A week later, every window in the English classroom had been busted out. Someone had then put Ethan's backpack in the trash can outside the gym, so Ethan decided to keep the Book of Moons somewhere safe in Ethan's closet. Yes, so safe. Ethan read the book using an old Latin dictionary and Amma's oven mitts, which helped him keep the burns to a minimum. <laughs> and then him just, like, flipping the pages. Yeah. With the oven mitts. I can imagine him being like, crap, I can't get this page to turn. Ugh. Lena was growing more restless. They talked every night telepathically, fearing that they were reaching the end. Ethan asked Lena what she was thinking about. She told him that she wishes they had never met because it makes everything so much harder because now she had him. She had him to lose, of course. She was worried she she was worried she would lose him. (laughs) He told her that would never happen. She asked him if it was a promise and he told her it was. You know, promises can still be broken whenever you're not in charge of what happens. Mm -hmm. I gotta say he was hoping to make it a promise, yeah. though. And I wish I could not capitalize the I after an L. Keep doing that a lot. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. All right. So now we're almost a month later. It's February 4th. I'm telling you, timeline <laughs> just gets crazy. Yeah, I know. And this one's called The Sandman or something like him. Lena's birthday was seven days away. She felt as there was no... She felt as if there was no hope now. Ethan still poured over the book with her. He told her not to worry. They would find a way, and soon, even though he wasn't so sure. With the book being in Ethan's closet, he was starting to have nightmares that seemed to get worse every night. He tried everything to stay awake. But eventually, he fell asleep. Sorry. (laughs) I was like... I wrote these when I woke up this morning. (laughs) Leave me alone. He tried everything to stay awake, but eventually, he did fall asleep. And then, here is a quote directly from the book about one of Ethan's dreams. Burning. There was fire everywhere and smoke. I choked on the smoke and ash. It was pitch black, impossible to see, and the heat was like sandpaper scraping against my skin. I couldn't hear anything except the roar of the fire. I couldn't even hear Lena screaming except in my head. 
Let go. You have to get out. I could feel the bones of my wrist snapping like tiny guitar strings breaking one by one. She had let go of my wrist like she was preparing for me to release her, but I'd never let go. Don't do that, Elle. Don't you let go. Let me go. Please. Save yourself. I'd never let go. But I could feel her sliding through my fingers. I tried to hold on tighter, but she was slipping. Ethan awoke from his nightmares to find Macon sitting in his dark room. (laughs) I wish I was reading this. I thought I was. Edward Cullen would. Yes, he would. I like Macon better, though. Yeah, he's got some pizzazz (laughs) that Edward definitely doesn't have. (laughs) Ethan completely freaked out about the situation, and Macon only answered him in vague riddles while lighting up a cigar. (laughs) (laughs) Ethan's like, what the here. Megan's like, well, you see. <laughs> Didn't ask permission for that. Goes off. <laughs> he did not ask permission to light up a cigar in his yeah. room. He well, did not he didn't ask permission to come in either. <laughs> but Ethan asked if he was a vampire or a pervert. <laughs> Megan told him he was confusing him with his brother hunting. Is hunting a pervert? Probably. <laughs> yeah. You're confusing me with my brother, Edward. <laughs> was a vampire (laughs) and a pervert he had no interest in blood or flesh and shuddered at the thought (laughs) bacon told him he was eavesdropping on his dreams (laughs) he said shuttered with a t instead of a d i was asleep Yeah, he had no interest in blood or flesh and shuddered at the thought (laughs) bacon told him he was eavesdropping on his dreams say what yeah (laughs) even asked him if that was his caster powers or something Macon told him he wasn't technically a caster. He explained he was an incubus. <laughs> Peyton, okay, <go> this <laughs> is totally like even more creepy because if you know what an actual incubus is, they're like sex demons. I still remember the day you pointed this out in class? Oh yeah, in high school there was a time in AP Lit where we were reading. Um, we definitely talked about this on this podcast. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, we have. Oh, we have. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll briefly discuss. Our teacher asked what an incubus was, and I said, it's a sex demon, (laughs) as loud as I could. And he went, thank you, Peyton. (laughs) But yeah, I just think it's weird. I would, if you knew what an incubus was, it'd be like, what the hell? That doesn't help me. But also, it's an interesting choice to pick for what he is other than a caster. Yeah, I think they should have stuck with like a type of vampire thing because mm-hmm. that's basically what they are not actually incubus i think it's just because the word itself is so obscure yeah that people wouldn't know that like i guess we'll go with this and i mean i don't know enough about the rest of his story to like understand more about mm-hmm. what he is capable of and why it's an incubus <laughs> yeah Macon went on to explain by nature, gentlemen like myself do have certain powers, but those powers are only relative to our strength, which we must replenish regularly. We feed, for lack of a better word, on mortals to replenish our strength. Ethan was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> After Ethan was about to freak out again, Macon explained, as I said, I use the word feed for lack of a better term. Only a blood incubus feeds on mortal blood, and I am not a blood incubus. Although we are both Lilum, those who dwell in the absolute darkness. I am something entirely more evolved. I take something you mortals have in abundance, something you don't even need. Dreams, fragmented bits and pieces, ideas, desires, fears, memories, nothing you miss. Even asked if this is why he didn't remember the whole dream and if Megan would tell him the rest of the dream so he could figure out what's going on. Macon explained that he took these pieces out rather intentionally so he would not be telling him. As Macon does best, he's like, I'm 
really give you a little bit, but not enough for you to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I think what he's taken out has to do with stuff later on in the series. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this as someone who's read more of the series but doesn't remember anything. Ama came bustling in, telling him he had a lot of nerve coming into her house without permission. I would say a lot if I walked into a kid's room who felt like my son and there's this old man sitting there too. Maybe not those choice of words. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not weird. It's weird, but a different kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Megan told him that Ethan was dreaming things that were dangerous for the both of them, as in Ethan and Lena. I was about to say Ina, and I was like, what? <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Wait, no. Ama no, told him. Lathan. Alma told him she didn't want his evil in her house, to which he said, I made a choice long ago, Amory. I fought what I was destined to be. I fight it every night of my life, but I am not dark, not as long as I have the child to concern me. Ethan and Macon argued over what was good for Lena. Macon went on to say, Mortals, I envy you. You think you can change things, stop the universe, undo what was done long before you came along. You are such beautiful creatures. Then he left fabulously. (laughs) He said the title! He said the title! I like that. I like the whole lead up to it where he's like, mortals, you think you can solve all of our problems? Mm -hmm. You're so naive. Such beautiful creatures. Let's talk about the movie. We're going to talk about the beautiful creatures movie. I guess we can talk about songs. I have a feeling we're going to talk about it a lot over the next three episodes. (laughs) Yeah. um, So we watched the movie last night. We saw it in theaters whenever it came out in 2013. 2013, Early 2013, which was nine years ago now. Mm -hmm. Dear God. Yeah. (laughs) Does not feel like that long ago. I know. And, you know, we went and saw it. We were really excited about it and everything. We loved the trailers, I think. You know, Seven Devils by Florence and the Machine oh, was yeah. playing. Oh, yeah. I forgot I about like, that. Getting it. As a lot of the book-to-movie adaptations were at that time, whenever they were all coming out, we talked about this on mm-hmm. the whole episode, Um, they were all very lackluster, yeah. I gotta say. And this one kind of falls into that category, too. This was very much lackluster after watching it again i'm like mm. yeah the first 10 minutes i was honestly like okay you know i can't get behind their accents because they're horrible they're awful i think that was the most shocking the- thing because i forgot about the accent i think whenever we first saw it i was like whoa and i think it's we're from the south mm-hmm. so we're really like oh those are bad yeah like it's like nails on a chalkboard bad the only two that really did a good job was emmy rossum and the woman that played Aunt Dale, who I think is actually Southern, she played in Justified too. But I've I don't, seen her and stuff. I can't remember exactly. I don't know. Up. I don't know her name, but I'm pretty sure either she is really good at a Southern accent because she's done it so much, mm-hmm. or she's from the South because it, I mean, like I could I couldn't tell you that she didn't have the accent. And the the funny thing about this movie is that it was a bunch of actors that I feel like were lesser known besides it's like, like a mix of well-known and lesser and then, known like, viola davis and emma thompson are thrown yeah. in there yeah jeremy irons yeah. yeah jeremy irons and emmy rosam where i'm like i know these people mm-hmm. they are in this movie zoe dutch was in it who's been in so many book to movie adaptations yes she has at that point or i think after that that might have been the first one that she really did yeah because i think vampire academy was after that I was after that the guy that played larkin's been in a lot of stuff i've seen him yeah. a lot yeah he's in a lot of stuff for sure like the main characters i'm like what have i seen you in i've seen the guy who plays ethan in that han solo movie yeah but that was after I, this yeah it was way after it they changed a lot yeah which is to be expected and some of this stuff didn't bother me as much as i know it bothered 
Peyton mainly because yeah. I kept on looking at her and she was just like she was rolling her <laughs> eyes and shaking her head the whole damn time. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> well, like it wasn't that it was the writing. Like some mm-hmm. of the dialogue that they chose to put in, and I'm like, oh my god, that's cringy. Yeah, some of the back and forthness. Like I actually think Ethan and Elena had good chemistry. They had really yeah. good chemistry, which is shocking for like. A, a movie, yeah, and they I didn't movie adaptation, and Maybe they I'm didn't just think of Bella and Edward, but <laughs> yeah. probably, yeah, and they didn't have the same chemistry that they have in the book either. Uh, this was, was like a, they're so much more innocent in the book, and in the movie, they're always touching each yeah, other. Yeah, it's like yeah. The, se- the the intimate sexual stuff is like turned up to eleven in this, which I'm pretty sure they <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> they definitely, <laughs> oh, do. yeah, they do at they least do twice. Something. They do it at least twice. <laughs> they do something, and I don't know. They actually did it, but things happen. Yeah. And then that falls into these adaptations being sexualized, as I've talked about before, where that's just a thing that media has chosen to do, especially with YA teen geared stuff. I'm not shocked. Yeah, because they all make, even though they're supposed to be teenagers, they're all aged up. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then it becomes that. Yeah, these were aged up a year. Yeah, because. Except for Lena. no, yeah. she she is the same age, but they scooted them up a year in school. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. juniors instead of sophomores. Yeah, Ethan was like an older sophomore. Mm-hmm. Or I don't even know why. He just was. I don't know when his birthday is. And then in this one, she was just like, oh, I skipped a year or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I wrote down a few things, like a few changes and stuff. I kind of lost track a little bit. I know. We were kind of staring at odd over yeah. some of this. Um. <sighs> I mean, we could talk about the characters, too. Like, Ethan, I actually really liked a lot of the stuff done with his character, aside yeah. from his accent. Yeah. That was horrible. <laughs> I think he he was the most true to character. Mm-hmm. Where he's, like, kind of awkward, but also, like, charming. says what's on his mind. Yeah. Charming. He, he was a little more, well, both of them, him and Lena. Forward. We're a little, yeah, we're a little more forward yeah. in the movie. Very more forward. Yeah. Very more. And um, I kind of liked how, you know, whenever he would have the dreams and stuff, he would like run Mm -hmm. because I think they didn't do the basketball team is like on the track team or something. Yeah. He was an artist, evidently, which I didn't know about that fitting in Mm -hmm. with everything because I mean, I don't think like any of it's mentioned because I don't think in the book he it like specifies anything he does after waking up from the dreams. Yeah. Other than still being awake. So I think it fits, but I don't think I don't know how it would articulate to the book character of Ethan. Once again, I think my problem is the dialogue. Like, they're literally spent like 10 minutes talking about Titanic in it. Yeah. For no <laughs> reason. That was funny. Oh, we'll get to the pacing issues. In okay. The oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but as far as Ethan's character, uh, he was the art. He was an artist. He was always reading, which is very true to his character in the book. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, he talks about how he hides books under his bed because he doesn't want people to know that he reads. What yeah. cracks me up is he has reading glasses. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I love the reading glasses. <laughs> the end where he, like, whips them off. Yeah. <laughs> he's thinking. The Clark Kent wannabe look. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how he's always eating. Yeah. yeah. He was, like, drinking a two-liter Coke on it, their way to school. Just randomly, something. I guess he found on the floorboard. 
I, li- I was like, Ethan would. Yeah, I mean, I it's like Link's that. car, so like, yeah, I'm yeah. not shocked that it's there. Yeah. Lena, I felt like, was a different brand of annoying in the <laughs> yeah. book. I'm like, oh, she's such a, like, a 15-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't understand. There wasn't enough of you don't understand in the movie <laughs> No, that <for> wasn't. <laughs> as opposed to the book. Like she just come off more bitchy. Yeah, she was very bitchy. Which, I mean, Ethan did call her at one point, so. Yeah. Which was kind of funny. I love that scene. Like, I, I kind of like that dynamic, though. Yeah. Obviously. We the, all know this. The whole them name calling each other. Yeah, I like that, too. Oh, yeah. That Link. Link in the movie, I was like, oh, poor baby. Yeah. Like, he has such a baby face. And I, every, think, I don't know the actor, but mm-hmm. I was like, oh, poor baby. In the book, I'm like, Link, really? <laughs> really, dude? I think the movie Link did do pretty good for mm-hmm. book to link book link to movie link did yeah. pretty good the fedora really sit <laughs> yeah the, i was yeah. like link really this this outfit yeah. bro <laughs> ridley do you want to go on and talk about ridley yeah we'll go ahead and talk about ridley i love ridley in the book we know this mm-hmm. and i do like ridley in the movie but they are not the same ridley they're to me. definitely not the same ridley ridley in the movie is just like scary i feel like, like yeah. they weren't the same until it got towards the end and then they were well, yeah. a lot more similar. Like, I mean, her look overall is very different. Yes. It's like they aged her up. Which but made her and Link together really weird for me in the movie. Yeah. yeah. I was like, he's a poor little baby and how old are you? 20? <laughs> Emmy, you're too old to be making out with that baby. They did more than make out too. Oh yeah, they did. Hell they yeah, they did. I, I kind of think they do in the book too. I'm not 100% sure, but some stuff is implied in the book mm-hmm. where they do stuff. But, like, I still liked her. I mean, I, I think she's a good actress and everything. Yeah. Like we said, her accent was pretty good, mm-hmm. which having that Chicago accent for 10 years, I think, really helps out. Was that during this time that she had the Chicago accent? I mean, yeah. like, was she working on Shameless at yeah. this time? I didn't know. Because Shameless started in, what, 20... I don't know. 2010? I, thought, I was going to say 2011. I've only watched, like, the first season, though. But either way, she was still working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was reading how they talked about how she dyed her hair blonde for the movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's one scene where her hair is, for some reason, blonde. And I was thinking, whenever we're watching this, like, oh, they filmed that first. Yeah. And for some reason, they... Well, there's two scenes. Because there was the Hollywood starlet where she... was brown. Are you sure? When she's... When they're at the movies. It was she... brown. Well, it was like reddish brown. She was leaning on the wall. Jessica Rabbit style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was brown. Uh, so they only filmed the one, like, where they... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where they're making out in the swamp with the... Yeah, they're doing more. Well... The alligators swarming them. Yeah, that's what I was about to say next. The alligators swarming their little floating craft in the middle. That of the- reminded me of Parent Trap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, like, she had long brown hair for the Jessica Rabbit scene. Then she had short, pinned-up blonde hair and curls for that scene where she's with Link. And then the rest of the time, it's extremely short red hair it was interesting yeah i i wasn't completely sure why they did that there was no lollipop no she lollipop eating strawberries at one point yeah and spitting them yeah, out she spit the thing out the first time that they saw her and like okay she came to pick up even naked <sighs> mostly on point no Peyton is not a fan. No, I would like him to be a bit more suave, a bit. I wanted him to be a bit more like Cary Grant. Like, I wanted to see that old Hollywood star kind of thing, and it wasn't there. I was picturing, like, whenever we started the movie, I was like, wait, that's Megan? Because <laughs> I was, I guess I've imagined him in the book so many times mm-hmm. where, like, he's pretty clear in my head. He's also a lot older in my head, which that might just be a thing with me again. 
kind of like what, what's his face how old is he supposed to be i thought he was like 40s or so he's close to ethan's mom's age evidently yeah that's a whole other thing and late 30s 40s was mary marion on the wiki page was 36 and they're probably all around that age then because mm-hmm. i mean marion and lila ethan's mom went to school together so yeah. mm-hmm. he was uh way too open to share everything he knew in the movie yeah, yeah. whereas in the book he's like nope you don't need to know that you're not getting anything from me and then on the same side of the coin we have Emma or ama who is also Marion in the movie. Yeah, yeah who she, is also Marion. Ethan mentioned her owned in the library or whatever, and I was like, whoa, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Her, 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 she's a mix of the two characters from the book. Which I understand why they would do that to, like, cut down on characters, but as Peyton said... It doesn't make sense. No, no. She said they had the opportunity to have two black, black female, female actors, actors, and they decided to put them together. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> They couldn't have two incredibly smart, incredibly involved in this world black female actresses and they chose to only do one and make her kind of uh, a catch-all. Yeah, because she wasn't like as on Ethan as what Emma is in the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She wasn't plus, as matronly plus either. she uh-huh. doesn't like live with them either. Like no. she just comes and drops off food yeah. and like leaves. And she was way too open to share things. Yeah. yeah. Like okay kids this is the library. I'm like also on her the this is viola davis yeah viola davis which is who is amazing yes um nobody can deny that but they decided to take her uh powers in like an african Mm -hmm. yeah it was more i'm not entirely sure on what tribe or anything because i've seen i've seen so like they give her like dermals like some african uh tribes do instead of the more uh, Haitian Caribbean kind of voodoo, voodoo where mm-hmm. is what I imagine her having, which to me makes more sense. Yeah, because um, I mean New Orleans, New Orleans, yeah, <laughs> um, and that could just be me because I mean that's just how I imagine it. Just sounds like voodoo to me the way she talks and the way it you know it's presented. But I guess also it it still does kind of make sense because if their family came there, this is like what South Carolina, mm-hmm. like the African tribes yeah. would be the one to mm-hmm. come over here. So yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know. It was just interesting to me. I wish I would have looked up which one, it, which tribe it is, because I know what they were going for, but I can't like name it off the mm-hmm. top of my head. I have the question of which we don't have to answer this now. You can think about it and get back to me that. If they had hired another black woman, like if they did split up the characters, who would who would play who would Viola Davis play out of the two, and who would they hire on to play the other person? I would have liked. I think she should have stuck with being Alma, and yeah. then they'd have had uh, a younger ooh, kind ooh. of like really. I'd have to like look up some people too. Really quirky, kind of nerdy mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. actress. The Marion off of uh, off mm-hmm. of a uh, mm-hmm. you. She'd have been too young, but. I, I don't see her like that. You don't see her like that? Mm-hmm. I could see her. I mean, she's bitchier in, in you. Yeah. But yeah. I'm sure she could play somebody that's yeah helpful yeah. and happy. <laughs> I have faith in I'm her. still like picturing a little bit different. Like n- nerdier. You I don't know who. I'd have to look up some people. Yeah. Let's see. I think those are all the like main characters that mm-hmm. I thought above. And some little details to big details. 
No hearse, which really got Peyton going. It did. I wanted to see <laughs> the hearse. First off, the car that they did pick was yellow, which is too right of a color for their family. Yeah. Like, Macon's car <laughs> would Honestly, never. maybe. I mean, maybe, but they had it. That gets driven around town. They had it like matted and Mm -hmm. old. Mm -hmm. And I just don't see that. Like, if Macon's driving an old car, it's going to be like perfection. Yeah. It's just how I see it. Hearse is definitely up his alley because he would find it funny. So I would have liked that. Another little detail that I thought would be better if they didn't have a boo. They didn't, no, they didn't have a boo. They didn't have a dog. Yeah, they didn't have a boo at all. No, we had all the other special effects, just not the dog. <laughs> and I was like... Every time something came up, we're like, that's where their budget, budget went. <laughs> I was like, I guess they didn't have... Or I think Caitlin said, I guess they didn't have it in the budget for a dog. And then they would do some crazy <laughs> And I was like, well, they had the budget to do that. I guess yeah. that was more important. They didn't have a... They could only afford a Pomeranian. <laughs> <laughs> at least they had made their money back from what they spent making the movie anyway. Yeah. No profit, though. <laughs> no, there was no profit, but they did make the money back, so. Um, another, like, minor detail was Ethan finds the locket, like, within the first five minutes of the movie. He just, like, collects things, I guess, that he finds whenever when he's he on runs. his runs or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he finds the locket and puts it in, like, a collection box. And then later on, he gives it to Lena. But also, that didn't really bother me either. Why did he run out to Greenbrier? Like, what is his route throughout the city when I he mean, runs? He probably just goes places. Like, it's Gatlin. And evidently, he can't leave, so. <laughs> but everybody's scared of Greenbrier. Greenbrier he's, and R- Ravenwood. He's not too smart. We know this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does come across that way still in the movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> but that, like, that detail reminded me of Katniss getting the Mockingjay pen in the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. And how, like, she doesn't get this special way from Madge. Like, in the book, she just kind of finds it at, like, the shop place mm-hmm. and picks it out. I noticed, I just thought about it, the 16 Moons song. Was not there. Was not in there. Mm -mm. And I think I knew that whenever I first saw the movie. I was like, wait, that was not in there. If you have a very special adaptation where you can put sound to it and music to it, Mm -hmm. why the f*** not? At least have it playing. But we did notice that a lot of the songs were, like, probably freebies <laughs> off of some type of software <laughs> system. Like, this was a, uh, um, came with Windows or something. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Windows most, Media Player. Yeah, I feel like most of the songs didn't even have lyrics anyway. It was just the background music. So, yeah. like... I mean, I don't mind that. I thought there was a heavier draw on the Satan worship and Christianity. Like, I think that was a big thing they were trying to push into it. Because, like, all the name calling was like, you're a Satan worshiper, blah, 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 Mm blah. They changed Lena's birthday. Yes. So, we'll we'll get to the pacing and the timeline in a minute. But they changed it from February 11th. Is that her birthday? Mm -hmm. Yes. To December 21st, which is the winter solstice so Mm -hmm. i was like okay that makes sense and like with movies like changing timelines i feel like isn't that weird or Mm -hmm. unheard of so i'm not that shocked but that they decide to do that that was also like oh we're gonna miss out on like a lot yeah (laughs) this entire chapter also like their relationship has to go zero to 100 real fast which it, and did. it did. Yeah. Which it did. Four days, I think. Yeah. That, yeah. Another thing we couldn't keep up with the pacing of the movie because you had to only pay attention to Lena's, the numbers on Lena's hands to figure out where we were. Yeah. The thing with Macon, and Lena says that he is a dark caster, but is choosing to be light for me right now. I was like, what the f? No. 
That doesn't no. make any sense. I'm like, then why is it such a big deal with you going dark if you can decide to be light sometimes? Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of contradictory statements regarding that. Like, like that changes the whole plot. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't think you'll be able to control stuff, mm-hmm. but... Whereas we just read, Macon's not actually a caster, so yeah. it makes sense. Oh, well, he is actually a dark being, but he's not using those he, abilities. He has different powers in the movie, too. Like, yeah, he, he does. He can do all kinds of stuff in the movie. And my biggest thing, and this bothers me in so many things, especially book-to-movie adaptations, they announced the villain too early. They definitely did. Was it was like, almost like instantly. It was like, okay, here's Seraphine being somebody. Here's Seraphine wink wink. <laughs> also, in the movie, Seraphine's not even an actual person. Like She's like a apparition. They have her animated. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's literally hire no, an actress. You know what she looked like? The the apparition of what's her name's dad in the live remake of Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yeah. She looks like that. Yeah, she does. She does. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. These children being so sexual makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> like shocked by it though like I, I've seen Riverdale I guess <laughs> yeah I guess I was shocked by it because of how quickly they got together at the beginning of the movie and like how it went from zero to a hundred like within seconds I remember that scene of them like making out in the sign though so yeah I, I wasn't shocked by it no that part was that part was funny so. yeah so like the pacing and stuff obviously with the book we just see from ethan's perspectives and whenever you have a first person narrative in a book and you're able to adapt that you are able to see different people Mm -hmm. but my problem with this is that we would spend so much time with like a scene with other people like the scene with megan and seraphine Mm -hmm. lasted forever yeah and And i was like where are lena and ethan what are they up to they weren't even at the hearing, were they? No, they weren't. Nope. That was my other thing. They were never, like, where they needed to be. Ethan didn't go to the swamp? Huh? Nope. Yeah. He didn't go see Alma and Macon talk about that stuff? No. He had no, like, the Ethan in the movie had no idea about half of what was actually going on. By the end, I mean, he knew nothing by the end. But, like, he really knew, he knew nothing, nothing. By the end. Yeah. I don't know. It was just paced so weirdly. And I, I just wonder if you never read the book, how you would be able to watch this and understand what's going on. I don't mm-hmm. know. One of the problems I had was, so first off, if you hadn't read the books, how would you know, how would you understand what was going on with the flashback scenes? Uh, oh, you wouldn't. Yeah. Because it's just like, okay, this is weird. You're like, oh, these people from the Civil War. And they didn't. Okay. So we discussed that. Um, Ethan looks just like Ethan Carter Waite. Mm-hmm. They put some totally weird looking dude as Ethan Carter Waite. I don't even think it's like established that that's them. No. I don't even I know. I think they say something about it at one point, but I don't think they ever did research on it. No. no. And I don't even think they ever talked about with the locket how it was related to them. No. I, <laughs> no. Alma I, just says, okay, that's no longer useful. Like, she's not scared of it anymore. She's yeah. just like, okay. I do gotta say, like, I always thought not having watched the movie in a long time that they use the same actors as genevieve and ethan i thought they did too well the girl (laughs) watching it and i was like oh they didn't at all the girl that played genevieve did kind of look like lena i mean not to where you would think it was the same person Mm -hmm. but i just always imagine them as the same person yeah it would be like oh okay she's related to lena but the guy that played 
ECW looks absolutely nothing like no. Ethan. There is just some things were explained and others weren't. The one part that I was going to talk about how whenever Lena's reading the Book of Moons or whenever and she come yeah we talked about it a little bit mm-hmm. literally in this episode uh, and she comes across information mm-hmm. and then that causes her to distance herself from Ethan mm-hmm. and in the movie we see that she comes across like okay that means someone I, like if this happens then someone I love has to die. Yeah. Like that's the big thing in the movie. Mm-hmm. In the book Let's just say it's not. We haven't gotten that far, but, like, it's not. Mm -mm. But we know in the book, like, something is up from her reading the Book of Moons where it's causing her to distance herself. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's anything specific or just, like, the fact that... Well, Ethan explains it as her getting disheartened Mm -hmm. because they're not finding any information. He doesn't know specifically what's going on. Because he still doesn't know enough about the caster world to understand this little piece of information can mean a lot to Lena Mm -hmm. and cause her to rethink everything. He doesn't understand that yet. But then the movie was taken very differently then Emma was there to comfort her, which I was like, Emma would never. I mean, she would maybe, but like, I don't think so. I think that depends because I feel like, especially though, we, I don't want to like spoil anything towards the end of the book because we haven't gotten there yet. But I feel like towards the end, I think both Amma and Maker are like, there's no way like anything's going to change. Mm-hmm. We can't force them to do anything else now. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, they're going to be together. They're going to be together. So I feel like she kind of slightly not necessarily changed her perspective on her feelings about the situation but Mm -hmm. she's kind of like well if you love this boy as much as me then i'll help you i feel like we can't get into the end yet until we get to the end End of the book book, yeah Yeah. which sucks because that's like my favorite part to talk about we'll discuss it when we get to the end because it's it's different it's different very different yeah there are two extremely yeah basically there are two different endings a, a movie ending and a book ending. And I remember the movie ending more than the book ending. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah. Like, I still even, whenever I was rereading the book this morning, the ending, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what happens. Also, I feel like the book was a lot really anticlimactic it at was, the end. But that was because there was more yeah. to it. And with the movie, you never know if there's going to be more. And I think, yeah. especially with this one, they're like, whatever happens. Yeah, happens. I think they kind of like weren't expecting to make another one and see that's what i thought i thought they ended on a cliffhanger and they didn't so it like kind of is but then really isn't at the same Uh, time i think it's i like it yeah it's ambiguous yeah we know what's gonna happen after it Mm -hmm. like we have a good idea with what we know of the characters and their situations we know what's gonna happen as far as like it being a movie (laughs) it just being a movie it was, it's it wasn't bad. I don't think like Caitlin said it wasn't bad, but it also wasn't very good. <laughs> and Remo's talking about its rewatchability, and I know you're a rewatcher. I know you. Yes, are. I am. I, you've always been a rewatcher, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you saying, "Yeah, it's not really one I want to rewatch all the time." I think it says a lot about it. Yeah, I've seen it now twice. I I think I've seen the end more than once because it was on TV one day and I watched it. Yeah, I feel like since like yeah, I am the rewatcher of this group. It's one of those, like, say we we watched it last night. Mm-hmm. It would have to be months or two a year before I would probably want to rewatch it. Give me five years. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm just kind of like, it's just, it, it has entertainment value. Like, as a movie itself, it has entertainment value. But stuff I don't care about yeah. kind of outweighs 
the entertainment yeah, like, I get uh, from. As <laughs> us being readers who read this like before we saw it in theaters, like rereading it now, like it's not as great to us because of that. Well, yeah. I feel like even it's rereadability for me as someone who's now read it three times. <laughs> it's not a super, it's not a book I'm just going to reach for and reread. Because it's not like a fun read. Yeah. The only reason I've read it three times, I read it once for the first time whenever I was like in middle school. I read it before the movie came out nine years ago and I read it for this podcast. I'm not going to reread this again. Mm -mm. That being said, I do want to reread the other books in the series. Oh, I guess I'm very curious about. Yeah. Because I don't remember enough. I had the second one and I'm thinking about like bringing it back to my apartment when I go home to drop yeah. off my stuff. So I'm just curious, you know? Yeah, as far as the movie, it's it's not like a book-to-movie adaptation that I'm going to reach for no. or go for. There's it's, not a lot out there for I, me. I think out of some of the, like, out of the several book-to-movie adaptations that we've, like, watched as a group or some of us, some of us have watched individually, it's one of the weakest yeah. Yeah. out of them. And... I think we talked about this whenever we were talking about our book-to-movie adaptations in that episode a few months ago, where I was like, Beautiful Creatures, why that one? Out of all the books, why are we adapting this This one? one. Not because I don't think it's good and wouldn't make a good adaptation, but... I think it would be good for, like, a show. That's what I was about to say, that it would be better as a series. I'm always like, 10 episodes on Netflix, give it to me. Yeah, because it's it's one of the... Well, it's got a lot of details that you mm-hmm. that it would help build the suspense and it would help with that pacing issue yeah because you had to go so fast to get through everything and they did a terrible job because you were going through so much so fast and you would miss stuff and you're like well wait a minute why is this this way it fell into what i feel like so many do fall into i have this problem with all the shadow hunter adaptations too where there is so much information because it's such a big world and they only take what they want to and then they fill in the blanks by completely changing stuff that I as a reader find important and doing their own thing. And I'm like, you're not the creator of this world, so I don't know what gives you the power to change everything about it. Just putting that out there. Mm -hmm. I wonder how much the authors worked like with them on this movie. I don't think they worked much at all with them. Usually they don't. It's a very rare case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, th- I think it's becoming more common, but it's still... I think Stephanie Meyer kind of kicked that off a little bit. Yeah. Well, that was because it was her second round. Yeah. Like, they wanted to change so much the first time. Like, somebody had bought the rights earlier or something, or there was talks of it, and they were going to change so much, and she was like, I'm not going to do this again unless I get creative freedom, which, I mean, some of that was because of she didn't want certain people of certain minorities playing certain characters oh i'm pretty sure <laughs> Stephanie. But, <laughs> so there's that yeah i could say a lot more about book adaptations still wait, wait yeah I'm thinking well, of i think all of how us happy he is now with his cast Rick. oh for percy, percy jackson, jackson. Yeah. yeah he's just smiling with those kids he's so happy i hope all the best for you right now i really do by the way uh i've got my 13 year old cousin with me uh staying with me and she was like you have a book podcast and i was like yeah and she's like y'all should do the lightning thief i was like why the lightning thief i read it but yeah why it was like obviously sea of monsters is way better (laughs) i've read three of the books don't ask me anything about them it's been too long it's been too long i was just wanting to mess with her because i know that's probably like the only book she's ever read (laughs) it's true though she's not a reader 
Okay. Anything else to add about? I don't think so because I think we're going to end up talking more about this towards the end. So yeah, I just I'm going to keep. And if we keep talking, we're going to spoil more things. So (sighs) I'm just going to keep shaking my head until then. (laughs) Yeah, you did a lot of that. (laughs) I did because I was like, "This is ridiculous." Favorite thing was to glance at Peyton throughout the movie and also Reba laughing (laughs) in my other ear and Peyton just being like. <laughs> that's, like, that's whatever we watch anything because <laughs> like they literally talked about titanic's titanic for 10 minutes ethan did just like i just don't understand why she didn't move like yes Wait, i like that part why are you complaining i'm complaining because that's crap that like it's fine for like normal dialogue because i have said that before in my time but like it was it went on just a wee bit too long and he's just he i just love keeps, that though like he's she's ignoring him and he's just well, talking that, talking i think talking. it's because it's supposed to partially showcase that ethan is a nervous rambler um (laughs) i always love moments like that and anything i watch where you you're like they're still going they're still going i think it's hilarious yeah but yeah Peyton just had this look on her face of like uh the entire time and i'm just laughing because all this cringy stuff is really funny to me so i like cringe but some of this was like oh my (laughs) okay i think that about wraps it up today thank you so much for listening we will be back next time with more beautiful creatures remember to follow us on instagram at let's call it nothing pod and we will see you next time bye Oh, we haven't gotten there. No, we haven't. You cut that out. Cut that out. Cut that out.